In this episode, we talk with Ricky Baldasso about tracking your LTV over day one, day 30, day 60, day 90, and how he organizes all this with calculators and spreadsheets for his clients. You're going to absolutely love it. Plus, he's going to give you a proven ad template that he uses for several different clients in several different niches that's again long form creative as well as a quick tip around how to think about image selection when it comes to your facebook ads enjoy let's dive in based on my projections that my cost per click will be a dollar fifty and my opt-in rate will be 30 cents and my attendance rate will be x and my close rate will be y etc based on that model I'll be able to see, okay, if I hit these numbers, my earnings per lead is gonna be $12. You're listening to the Rich Ad Poor Ad Podcast, where we break down the financial principles that rich advertisers are deploying today to turn advertising into profit and get tons of traffic to their websites without killing their cash. These advertisers, agencies, affiliates, brands are responsible for managing over a billion dollars a year in ad spend. You'll hear about what's working for them today, their rich ads, and we'll roast their epic failures and crappy ads on the internet with poor ads. Let's get into it. Welcome to another episode of the Rich Ad Poor Ad Podcast. This is your host, Zach Johnson. Dylan, how are you doing today? Doing pretty good, man. Ready to get this party started. Yeah, man. Today, we got a former accountant on the show. And no, this will not be boring. This is actually <laughs> going to be amazing. It's very rare that you actually see an accountant turned marketer. So I think we're in for a pretty, pretty sweet treat. You excited? Oof, I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's do it. Yeah, man. So gosh, I think I've known our guest here for a couple of years at this point. Um, he's probably one of the most metric-driven marketers uh, that I know of the guy uh is an analytics beast and you can pretty much count on every single conversation you have with him to know every single important stat there is in terms of customer acquisition cpa ltv over time cash flow the whole nine yards uh so i've been incredibly impressed with um this guy's spreadsheets <laughs> uh at the final level so now uh i think he's gone from accountant to consultant to now I think he's really done a great job of making the jump that a lot of agency owners and consultants want to ultimately make, which is running your own brands and owning your own products and, and being partners in several different companies rather than just uh, kind of a gun for hire. So without further ado, let's get Ricky Baldasso on the show. Ricky, how you doing? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah, man. I love it. Where are you at in the world right now? Right now, I'm in Poland. I'm actually from Australia, but I managed to uh, get over here. Uh, my, my girlfriend's Polish, and luckily, my mom was born in Poland, and I have a European passport, so I'm able to be here right now, which is pretty cool. That's cool, man. Well, I'm excited to have you on the show. Give everybody a little bit of uh, backstory here in terms of the the three different uh, brands that you're working on today. I think uh, one of the things I didn't even say in your intro, Ricky, is I think that you also really understand what it means to niche down <laughs> like better than most people. Uh, when you talk to Ricky about the niches that he's in, you're like, what? 
that is a <laughs> that's a thing uh so kudos to you man so tell everybody a little bit about what you're up to yeah man cool so um the three businesses that i am partnered on right now one is called roping.com and roping is a it's a niche sport within rodeo so in rodeo there's uh six main sports and roping is one of them so yeah roping.com is one and then another one which uh was launched actually only a few months ago is eventingtraining.com so eventing is another equine sport um it's not rodeo but it's um you know it's a it's a different uh horse related sport and then the other one is uh, so those two businesses i'm an i'm a part owner in and then there's a third business that i um i run the marketing for on a performance basis so i get a a a share of profit and if the business happens to sell i get a percentage of the sale but i'm not technically an owner but you know structurally it's 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 different but it's essentially uh similar and uh that's actually in the farming nation um I probably won't mention that website um, because it's, you know, it's quite a large site and it's not really publicly known that I'm a kind of behind the scenes marketer of that, but it's in the farming niche. Farming niche. All right, cool. That's a niche that I am not familiar with, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) but Hey man, you know, you know, the game, this is the rich ad, poor ad podcast, right? So I'm excited to dissect your rich ad campaign because I know Rick is going to bring like every metric to the table on why this thing works. So are you ready to dive into it? Sure, man. Let's do it. All right. Break it down for us. Let's, let's hear about this rich ad. Cool. So I'll give a little bit of backstory behind how this ad came to be. So for roping.com, we had a, um, we had a DVD that we launched, um, which was actually a documentary with a world champion, a seven time world champion in this niche. And it was a documentary, a day in the life of Jake Barnes and Jake Barnes is this world champion. And we had like a really high production value, um, video crew go there, film everything and create this 90 minute documentary, which is probably the highest production thing we've ever done. It could literally go on Netflix and you would and the the quality would be kind of up to standard. And we have this really amazing three and a half minute video trailer that is just like as high production as it gets, it's incredible. And we're running this ad as a video ad. And and then the sales page was quite simple. It also had that same trailer video on the sales page, had a headline, had a little bit of copy, and then the call to action button. And, uh, you know, for the order form. And... The, it actually wasn't profitable. And I was thinking, are you crazy? Like, like uh, is something wrong here? Because we got a seven-time world champion. It's a day-in-the-life documentary. It was a $20 offer. We had high production value, an incredible trailer, and it wasn't converting. And I was like, so confused. So then I spoke to one of my marketing buddies and he was like, man, you need to put more copy on the page because it, you know, from the creative standpoint, it looks really cool right now. But there's not enough copy here to, um, to, to close the sale and, and, and build desire for the product. And in such a niche market like roping, it's, it's not the easiest thing for someone to write copy for unless they understand the market. So my buddy who gave me this advice is a copywriter. And I was like, 
okay, well, what do you suggest? And he's like, let's just do some bullets. And he came up with a, um, idea to just write some bullets for what people will learn. So he went through the product, uh, the, the 90-minute video, and just started writing bullets for every couple of minutes in the, um, in the product. So then we had a whole bunch of bullets, and we put a headline, which was something like 33 things you'll discover in the new Jake Barnes documentary. And then we had the bullets. So we had that as copy on the sales page, and then we kept running the video trailer ad to the sales page. And then all of a sudden, it started converting. Mm. The, the CPA went from maybe $40 on a $20 offer down to below $20. I can't remember exactly what it was, but essentially it was profitable. And then we're able to, uh, to scale that. But then when things really kind of crushed it was when we took that copy and we made it an ad rather than using the video trailer as the ad, which had incredible engagement, had thousands of likes and shares, hundreds of comments, because it was a really great trailer, but it wasn't converting that well. Then when we took that bullet point copy and we made the ad itself, 33 things you'll discover in the Jake, new Jake Barnes documentary, um, and then we just had the copy as a long, you know, the bullets as a long form, as a long form copy, and then we just took an image and had an image ad there. Then the CPA instantly, like overnight, went from maybe like 16 or something like that, literally to less than $5. And it generated Ooh. hundreds of sales. And then because it's a small market, over time that ad fatigued as well and the CPA went up. But that ad generated at least, I would say at least four times as many sales as the original ad um, and profitably. And then since then, I've been able to take that exact same format and for every single offer we release, I always have an ad that's like, you know, 17 things you'll discover in and then I'll put the product there. Or sometimes I'll make it even more specific and say, if the product, for example, is about something specific like horsemanship, I'll have an ad that will be like 21 things you'll learn about horsemanship in and then I'll put the name of the product. And it's been something I've used in other markets as well. And it just seems to consistently work. And especially as a retargeting ad. Um, so that's something I'd recommend for anyone. Like if you um, have a product, an online course or um, something like that or a book, I would definitely recommend trying this ad as a retargeting ad. And then you can potentially take it to cold traffic as well. And, um, you know, it's worked really well for me. And hopefully it works for anyone else that tries it out. Man, Zach, this is two for two on long form copy, man. This is I'm loving it now. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, this this stuff takes time to put together. So I'm, I'm like literally reading through all, all these 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 bullet points here. I mean, this is that's quite a bit where do you think this only works for selling info or how would you execute on this for for somebody that's not selling a, a course or a training or consulting? See, if you were selling a physical product, you might um, you might just be able to rework it to something like 10 reasons why our customers love insert the product name. And then just talking to the benefits or the, you know, the features or a mix of both, maybe talking to the results. Just like putting anything in a bullet list and then creating a headline that kind of creates context for that bullet list, I think it's worth testing at least. I love it. Oh yeah, big time. 
Yeah, that's super juicy. Heck yeah. Any, anything about the creative to, to, to go along with it? I mean, I love the angle. I love the, the, the copy on it. What did you learn in terms of the images or, or the videos that you tested to go with it? Yeah, so we've used this out a few different times for different offers. And um, typically, I'm just like, if it's a static ad, which is usually what we'll do for these types of ads, as opposed to a video, is just any kind of um, action ad where it's like a still frame shot of something in action. So in the roping example, it is uh, the creative that we used initially was just a still frame like shot of a video where it's like midway through the guy practicing um, the technique of the sport where essentially he's throwing a rope at like a um, fake cow thing on the ground, which you practice on, which is called a dummy. And, um, you know, in other, in other industries, just like if it's golf, for example, it might be a still frame shot of the guy about to hit a golf ball and it might show it just kind of in some ways showing something to do with the technique. Um, cause that kind of creates that curiosity loop of like, you're going to learn something about technique. And then in this case, it was like 33 things you'll discover in, you know, the product. So yeah, you could probably test a few different things, but I think that just something relevant to, um, what they're going to learn. So if it's sport, like the case here, something to do with that. If it was something to do with marketing, maybe it could be um, like a screenshot from like a software tool or like a, like a screenshot from the Facebook ads manager and maybe like some like, you know, blurred out thing with a circle around it to create some mystery or something like that. I'm sure you could get creative with it, but I, I mm -hmm. think really the, what makes this ad work is the is the concept and the copy as opposed to the the creative. Well, I, I think that there's still a principle that you shared here around just how to think about creative, right? Like taking a still of some of something in action. I think that's a that, that's a pretty solid piece of advice right there. <laughs> so oh, next time. next time you're on Getty Images, like that at least that'll at least help you segment out like ninety percent of the stuff of what you're trying to figure out, uh, you should run. So good stuff, man. This episode is brought to you by Funnel Dash's ad card, the only charge card exclusively for your digital ad spend. And if you're an ad agency that manages seven or even eight figures a year in media and ad spend for your clients, and you're looking to double your profits over the next six to 12 months, then check out ad card. See the typical agency model is this. You charge 10% of your spend, you make 10 to 20% margin at the end of the day. So that's really one to 2% of your client's spend that is profit in your business. The easiest way to double that is to really find a way to earn in that one to 2% cash back of the card that is on file of your client's ad account. And before ad card, what you had to do was invoice all your clients for their ad spend up front, which is really difficult on a cash flow basis and very difficult ask. And then you had to put the card on your own Amex or whatever card of choice to get that level of value back into your business. With AdCard, it's entirely different and streamlined. You simply get your clients on AdCard and make yourself the agency of record and you'll get the cash back as long as you're managing the ad spend. It's a great way to double your profit without doing any additional work. Check it out at FunnelDash.com. All right.
You ready to roast this? You, you ready to roast a poorhead? You ready to dive into it, Ricky? Ooh, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. check that email let's go ahead and get your initial reactions to this bad boy because we have done this one and i absolutely loved it so i want to get this right back on because this guy just looks disgusted disgusted forgetting to refill the water bottle dehydration recover faster from dehydration (laughs) caused by working out and heat exhaustion are you into it are you sold are you going to convert what's what's the dealio I'm just a little bit weirded out by this guy's face. Is just the initial reaction. Um, <laughs> and um, getting to refill the water bottle. Dehydration. I'm just the kind, I'm, I'm just, I'm not so sure about this offer. I kind of feel like it's not solving a real problem. It's like, if you're dehydrated, just fill your water bottle up and have some water, you know? So I don't know about this one. Um, this is a this is a no from me. You know, if I'm if I'm on Shark Tank, um, it's you know that's a no from me. <laughs> yeah, I love how you're just looking at the product with that face. I think that was brought up last time, but you know, you're trying to flex on a product and you have a guy looking at it like he's just disgusted. Like, you know, what's that gonna do for the? You know, do we really want that? <laughs> Looks like a disgruntled customer, if it, if anything. I thought this, like, just by the creative alone, I thought this was promoting, like, a, uh, like this, this powder that you add to water to get rid of diarrhea. Oh, <laughs> based on this yeah, a laxative ad, if anything. I mean, we're literally. Factor. I mean, that face is like, guys yeah, struggling. Ugh. Well, that was fun. Thanks for entertaining us, Ricky. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll send some product your way. Uh, uh, <laughs> so let's dive into it man i think you've got some interesting insights on some unique uh cash back and funding strategies uh to share with the audience but let's uh let's dive into it man i know ricky ricky you're never gonna let us down when it comes to financial principles uh when it comes to, to ads so let's hear it yeah man so i got a couple to share i'll i'll start with one that's relevant to everyone and then i'll talk about one that's specifically relevant for people living in australia or potentially relevant for people that um are hiring an australian agency so um the first thing i want to talk about is just the metrics and um with advertising and you know most of what i do is recurring revenue so it's low ticket membership websites, you know, similar to Netflix, but niche based and, you know, where it's a monthly subscription or people can pay, for example, quarterly or yearly. And the first, so with that model, and even if you're not running that model, but you just have a front end offer and then you have other offers that you can offer your customers or clients. What I'm really looking at with advertising is I'm looking at my ROI or my return on ad spend on day one and then day 30 and then over time. And essentially what goes into the ROI or return on ad spend is there's the cost to acquire a customer, you know, which we call CPA. There's your average order value, which we call AOV, which is the average amount that someone spends on the first transaction or the first um, day as a customer rather. And then there's the lifetime value, the LTV of that customer over time. So 
I'll give you an example of like with um with roping.com. So ours is um our membership's $30 a month or $75 a quarter or $240 a year. So what will happen is if 80% that sign up take the monthly option and 10% take the quarterly option and 10% take the yearly option, then our AOV is 0.8 times 30 plus 0.1 times 75 plus 0.1 times 24. Now, off the top of my, I don't know that off the top of my head, but if I got a calculator out or a spreadsheet and I just quickly did that formula, I'd figure out that the average order value, the average amount that someone spends is going to be about $50. I don't know exactly what it is. I could get the, do the math, but let's say it's about $50. So now I know that even though 80% sign up at $30 a month, if I have 10 buyers and eight buy at 30, one buy, buys at 75 and one buys at um, 240, if I add up all that and then divide it by the 10 customers, the average is going to be about, say, $50. So then what I'm thinking is, okay, when it comes to my advertising, if I have an ad that costs me $40 to generate a $30 sale, that might seem as though I'm losing money. But by the time I've generated 10 sales, if the average sale, if the average cost per sale was $40, remember the average customer will spend about $50, which means that on average, I'm profitable on day one. So if my average order value is $50, I'm actually happy to spend up to $50 to acquire a customer because then I'm breaking even. I've essentially generated customers for free. And then um, all of those monthly, quarterly, and annual people will get billed at their next billing date. And then especially those monthly ones will get billed every single month, which is going to then increase my lifetime value. And then all my profit is going to be made on that lifetime value. And then if you really want to scale and go, go reach like broader uh, audiences in your market, um, then you can even look to at what's your lifetime value after 30 days. And then you can even look to spend on customer acquisition up to the amount your LTV is after 30 days, because then essentially the, the formula is this. It's like, if, if I said to you, hey, if you, you give me um, $70 today, I'll give you $50 straight away. So you're at a 20 minute, $20 loss today. But then in 30 days from now, I will give you that $20, $20 back so you'll break even. And then 30 days later, I'll give you another 20. 30 days later, I'll give you another 20. 30 days later, I'll give you another 20. It's an obvious decision to um, be happy to take that small loss up front because you know that within 30 days, you're going to be breaking even. And then every 30 days after that, you're going to be getting um, more revenue, which is going to mainly be profit, especially if it's something like a... Uh, membership um, or a subscription service, for example, like software or something like that, um, where the marginal cost of each fulfilling on each customer isn't um, isn't massively uh, yeah. increased, if you know what I mean. So that's a bit of mindset stuff to think about when it comes to um, your numbers. And you know, one thing that I'm always looking at, and you mentioned it earlier, Zach, about me and my crazy spreadsheets, is before I launch any campaign. Um, I'm always 
getting familiar with the metrics in a spreadsheet before I even launch the campaign, before I even turn an add-on, I want to know how, how my opt-in rate influences my, you know, my, um, my CPA and my ROI and things like that. So I'll have a spreadsheet where I'll look at, let's say it's a webinar funnel. I'll look at what's, I'll forecast my cost per click, my opt-in rate, my attendance rate, my close rate, my price point. If there's a payment plan, I will look at the price point of my payment plan. I'll look at what percent, I'll forecast what percent I think will pay in full, what percent will pay in a payment plan. And then I'll forecast what percent of those payment plans I think will succeed on the rebills. And essentially, I'm going to like create a model, like a financial model where I can see, okay, based on my projections that my cost per click will be $1.50 and my opt-in rate will be $0.30 and my attendance rate will be X and my close rate will be Y, et cetera. Based on that model, I'll be able to see, okay, if I hit these numbers, my earnings per lead is going to be $12 um, on on the webinar. And then if I'm looking at even post-webinar automations, maybe my earnings per lead after a seven-day email sequence might go from $12 to $15. And then so on, then promoting other offers on the back end and affiliate affiliate offers and whatnot, it might go up to 20 and, and higher. So, but let's just say that the day one earnings per lead is $12. Then if I'm, my forecast is, okay, if I hit these numbers, my earnings per lead is going to be $12. Then when I get the funnel set up and I launch my ads, then I'm happy to spend up to $12 for a lead. And then I'm monitoring those metrics on the funnel and comparing it to my forecast, and then maybe my opt-in rate is higher than expected, but my cost per click is lower than expected, uh, or, or, or also higher than expected, and whatnot. Like maybe some um, steps in the funnel perform better, and some perform worse than I forecasted, and I get familiar with the relationship of those what I call optimization metrics with the end result, which is ROI, and then I get familiar with it, and I say, okay. Right now, my earnings per lead is $10 and my opt-in rate is 20%. If I increase my opt-in rate to 25%, how is that going to influence my earnings per lead? And I just get familiar with those numbers so I can systematically optimize the funnel and then um, know how it's going to affect my ROI. And, you know, one thing I want to, final thing I want to say about this is that um, there's been there's been a handful of times where I've had... Um, a friend or a, another marketer um, have me audit their metrics and they kind of start the conversation quite um, quite like disappointed in the performance and they're like, yeah, it's not converting. I just, you know, can you look at it and let me know if you see anything I can, I can optimize. But they kind of have this defeated mindset where they're like, it's, it's not working. You know, I'm, for every dollar I'm spending, I'm making 70 cents back. And then I look at it and I'm like, man, if you increase your opt-in rate by 20%, this is a profitable funnel. Or, you know, if you can, if you can get uh, a higher percent to pay in full rather than on a payment plan, this is going to be a profitable funnel. So the, the more familiar you get with those optimization metrics, you become empowered to realize that if you just change this one part of the funnel and you give it this small boost, then it's going to change the whole outcome of the funnel. And, and you know what they say, small hinges swing big doors. And that's exactly what I'm talking about here. So yeah, just getting familiar with those metrics, having the mindset of 
being happy to break even up front and then generating profit on on the rebills and the back end offers that's going to set you up for for scale and and make and destroying your competition if you have that mindset and they don't you can really how, make advantage how do, how do we get our hands on one of these spreadsheets oh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> well you know man there's there's a few different um there's a few different funnel types like and the, no, no, like the one you're looking at right now. That's <laughs> one. <laughs> I think it would be cool in the show notes if uh, if you you pulled out some of the numbers, of course, and uh, maybe there was a Google sheet or something like that we can give people in the show notes, or maybe a link to where I'm sure you probably well, dude, you should definitely give this way as a download or something. Let's yeah, this dude. Is amazing. Well, you know, I actually used to use spreadsheets with people, and um, but. People can get overwhelmed with spreadsheets. So I actually built a pretty cool tool on my website where there's a whole bunch of different calculators there and people can just drag a toggle thing and where they can increase or decrease the cost per click, they can increase or decrease the opt-in rate. And then it's just going to straight up populate the earnings per lead, the return on ad spend on day one, the return on ad spend after 30 days, et cetera, where all the formulas are already built into the tool. So if people want to check that out, they can go to metricdrivenmarketer.com and just click on ROI calculators in the nav bar. And other than that, if someone really wants to get their hands on a spreadsheet, they can uh, they can probably just hit me up on Facebook and um, I'll try to get them the most relevant one for them. Now, is this some, a rule? Is this your rule of thumb? Like break even on ads and then profit in 30, 60 days? Because there are some marketers that will hear this and they'll they're willing to go negative right for 30 days or negative for 60 days if they got the bankroll so what like what's what's your risk tolerance here or really the risk tolerance of your clients in terms of how long they're willing to to push that break-even number back in uh in subscription businesses and i think this varies you know in SaaS funded startups subscription e-commerce and then like info membership sites because everybody has like different retentions and LTVs, but particularly for your subscription um, businesses in info, what do you think? Yeah. So I'm happy in general to average break even. Um, and for my small niche sites, typically what will happen is if we have a campaign that's working, initially it's going to be profitable. It's going to be turning a dollar into $2 or three or a dollar 50. And then there's going to be a period where it's breaking even. Um, but then if it goes from being profitable to breaking even, it's still going to average out as profitable. So then I'll usually let it run negative for a while until it kind of averages out at break even. And that's when I kind of am like, okay, this funnel generated, you know, 200 customers profitably. And then it generated, you know, a hundred, you know, at break even plus or minus kind of five or ten percent. And then it generated another hundred at, at negative. And that's kind of how I like to do it. So it averages out at break even. And because I'm in small markets, by the time I've done that, um, I might as well just launch a new offer, which is then going to go through that sequence again of being profitable, break even, and negative, and then averaging out at break even. But what I would recommend is that you just make it relevant for your objectives. Like, like you said, for a SaaS company, like most SaaS companies that are backed by uh, venture capital, they would 
if if their VCs knew they were acquiring customers at break even, that would be like the biggest dream come true ever. And they would just pound more and more money at it. And they, most VCs would be happy to go negative for quite a few months. Um, and, you know, I, I would think, especially, um, you know, because it's like, if you've got, let's say you've got $10 million in venture capital, and if your AOV is like $100 and your LTV is over $1,000, spending $300 and waiting for, you know, two or three months to then make that back, but then you know that the LTV is going to be over 1000 so many people would be happy to do that. So you're just going to make it relevant, but I do know that the, you know, some of the biggest businesses in the world that have, have been built on paid traffic will go three to six months or even up to 12 months or longer negative, but that's only, they can only do that because they have enough data to support the LTV. If you're a brand new business, you don't know what your LTV is in three months, six months, 12 months. But if you've been around for five or 10 years and you know, and you've dialed in your churn and you have a sticky product and whatnot, and you have more data to like rely on, you can make those decisions to go negative because you can rely that it's going to read those rebuilds are going to come in and you're going to be profitable. But if you're starting out, um, like we launched our eventing site only a few months ago, we've only at this point got our first, we're at about 50 members right now. The roping site and the farming site are a lot bigger, but with, with the eventing one, it's new. So right now I'm kind of thinking, okay, I just want to acquire it break even and now we've started to have some rebuild come through. We can see that our LTV is going to be a certain amount after 30 days, a certain amount after 60. And now we're going to be able to go a lot more aggressive with it. So you're just going to make it relevant to the situation. And do you use any analytics tools for this? Yes, I do. So we use a tool called Hyros, which is essentially, essentially tracks the LTV over time per source of per, per, per campaign, per ad set. Um, we, we use that for the farming site, um, and, uh, the eventing sites just new. We actually haven't got that cranking yet, but do you feed in like transaction data from like Stripe or how, how do they, how do you push in the revenue data for the LTV metrics? So the tool Hyros integrates with Stripe and it just shows you right in the dashboard per campaign or per, per ad set, um, you know, what's going on. Um, but you can, you can easily just look at your, um, stripe numbers and run some exports and spreadsheets. If you're a kind of nerdy spreadsheet dude like me, it doesn't take, it's not that hard to do it. But I'm, and I'm sure there are tools um, that make it easier, but I've always just been a spreadsheet dude and I like to kind of crunch numbers myself. And I, I actually find that when I spend more time in spreadsheets, I get more familiar with what's going on. I'm not just looking at a dashboard that populates everything because a dashboard will show you the end result, but it's interesting to be able to see, because for example, if your LTV, let's say you have a $20 monthly subscription and your LTV is um, $100. So the average person is six, five months, for example. It's one thing to see on, an, on a dashboard, you know, LTV is $100. But it's another thing to kind of get into the spreadsheets and look at how many people stayed one month, how many people stayed two months, how many people stayed three months, because then the average might be 100 but that doesn't mean that like everyone's going to be a hundred. Some people are going to churn on the first month. Some people are going to have an, are going to stay for years and, stay, right, right. you know, hundreds of dollars with you. So 
I actually kind of like to get pretty nerdy with it and really know like, because another thing is like with churn, some people might be like, yeah, our monthly churns 5%. But the more you kind of get into the details, you might realize that on the first month, your churn is 15%. And then the second month, it's 8%. And on the third month, it's 6%. And then the fourth month, it's, you know, 5%, fifth month at 4%. And then maybe on the sixth month, sixth month or something like that, maybe it jumps again. And you can kind of see the churn like month by month, and then you can average it out. Um, so yeah, for most people, they're going to be satisfied just with like seeing it on a dashboard. And there are definitely tools mm-hmm. for that. Um, but I, even though I have, you know, a dashboard set up, um, I do like to kind of geek out and get ultra, yeah. you know, familiar with it all. I'll do a, I'm going to do another native advertisement <laughs> here for, for ad capital, but, uh, I mean, this is, so I think most marketers use default to analytics in terms of diagnosing this, this we'll say marketing problem. And then the main solution really or actually there's two levers as a marketer that you traditionally have had to fix this, right? One is fix your funnel, increase AOV or LTV, (laughs) fix your ads, decrease CPA. And I think that more marketers are starting to get a little bit more sophisticated on the finance side as a third lever, which is like, hey, we're breaking even at 60 days. It's like, if I can either get enough float right from my card, right? Little promo for ad card, or I can get enough funding, either it's, you know, venture, like you mentioned, or debt, then I can scale with the numbers that I have uh, currently, right? Because I think a lot of folks that in the space, they're, they're break even at 60, 90 days, and they spend the next year trying to get like, maybe even two years, like trying to get those incremental gains before they scale. And sometimes it's just like, hey, if you really just get your cash flow right to where you're deferring those payments or getting that funding, you know, for that 60, 90 day float, that's another uh, uh, lever that's faster and in some cases even easier. So this is, I mean, this what you just described is literally how Funnel Dash came full circle <laughs> over the last several years, right? Of like building the tool to track that LTV over time, essentially what Hyros does now, to then realizing that like, okay, we're diagnosing the problem. Well, how do you then fix it? Well, you can optimize your funnel, like Ricky's saying, you optimize your ads. And where F- Funnel Dash ultimately landed was like, hey, we maybe like money can just solve this problem with ad capital. <laughs> Um, so thanks Ricky for, uh, laying that one up for me. Appreciate it. <laughs> <Alley-oop>. oh. <laughs> well, cool, man. Thank you so much. This has been amazing, uh, podcast. What, uh, what are you up to next? How can people get in touch? What am I up to next? I'm, I'm just excited to be growing my own brands now after kind of working as a consultant for a number of years and, um, so yeah, just working on those three sites right now and, um, particularly excited about the farming one. I think that it's, uh, you know, the, the roping and eventing, I, you know, they're just kind of niche businesses that I happen to get involved in, but I actually think farming is really cool. Like empowering people to be able to grow their own food. Like I love food and I love being able to eat fresh, like homegrown food. So I'm like really excited about that. And yeah, if anyone wants to get in touch with me. 
Uh, they can just find me on Facebook. It's Ricky Baldasso, R-I-C-K-Y. And then Baldasso is B-A-L-D-A-S-S-O. Yeah, just hit me up and um, happy to answer any questions. And um, yeah, that's about it. Awesome. Love it. Thank you so much, Ricky. Thanks, guys. so much for listening to another episode of the rich ad poor ad podcast if you're like me and listen to podcasts on the go go ahead and subscribe on apple podcasts spotify youtube and richadpoorad.com slash podcast and if you absolutely love the show go ahead and leave a review and a comment share with a friend if you do take a copy screenshot of it email me zach at funnel-com show me you left a review and i'll give you a free copy of the rich ad poor ad book to learn more about the book go to richadpoorad.com to leave a review, go to richadpored.com slash review. Thanks again.